Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. Hey, hey, what's going on out there, everybody? Welcome to Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. For those of you joining us for the first time, we scour the internet and find lesser known facts about some of the big names, legends, icons, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And after this episode, let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these big names in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got a buddy, a friend, a bro back in the studio. Mr. Liu, what's going on, man? Hey, TJ. <laughs> yes, it's been a long time. I really miss doing this show with you. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to have someone on the show who's just, their knowledge in the, the pop entertainment world is just, if I can say, unparalleled. Oh, well. (laughs) I'll take that. So, yeah, looking forward to putting you up on an artist that you probably know. I feel like you know who my artist would be today, but it's still kind of interesting to see if I'm able to trip you up a little bit. (laughs) Yes, I know uh, you would really love it if I get it wrong. (laughs) So we'll see about that. I know that's kind of an issue. But before we get started, I have a quick question that I would like to ask you. Mm -hmm. I want to keep the tradition going here. So, Mr. Liu, why was the fish... Such a good musician. Fish. <laughs> because <laughs> fish liang. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a very lame joke because liang in Chinese, it could also mean something like go kaput. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fish so that, liang, isn't that a singer? Yeah, I think we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. On one of the episodes. Well, the reason why the fish is such a good musician is because it knew its scales. Mmm. <laughs> Nice. Love it. I love these lame jokes. So anyway, who do you have for us today, man? Well, I have one of my childhood idols. Mm -hmm. He is not the idol for me, but he's close. All right. And he was such a dreamboat, to quote a lot of my people who were, you know, about the same age because he Mm -hmm. was that big. He was literally on the magazine's covers, like every magazine out there. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm wondering if I should at least have heard who this person is or his name or or something, but... Probably not, because he doesn't belong in this era. (laughs) Okay. Let's put it this way. So after you came to China, I don't think he was that popular anymore, which is a shame because he was truly one of the best singers in terms of his vocal abilities, in terms of his writing abilities, because he wrote everything himself. Okay. All right. You know, I've done research on eight new stars here in China, so I'm hoping that it's, I'm hoping that is one of the guys that I've looked up. So we'll see. And for you today, I have a very iconic and trend-setting diva that I would like to introduce. Very, very unique in the the style of music, vocals, reminiscent of a musician from the past. So she just has a lot of culture and just a really unique swag. And somehow I know that you have heard of this person, but I'm not sure if you know who I'm addressing today. So it'll be really <laughs> cool to see if you get I'm very this. excited. <laughs> All right, all right. But before we get started, guys, for all the listeners out there, all of the information that we find is completely internet-based, so it's possible that some of these quote-unquote facts could be erroneous. So if there are any issues out there, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and let us know if we need to update any of this information. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get started with my star. You ready, Mr. Liu? Yes. All right. So 
Fact number one, and this is according to Essence Magazine and Wikipedia. So this artist was raised by a single mother with two siblings, and also the grandparents were involved with her um, upbringing as well. She had a taste for show business at the age of four and was dancing and singing for the Dallas Theater Center and the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, which is a or institution that her uncle founded, apparently. Okay. So she is a black artist. Yes, she is a black artist. Uh, By the age of 14, she was freestyling for a local radio station, and she went by the alias MC Apples. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this might be a clue for, definitely a clue for the big fans out there. Uh, In her youth, she decided to change the spelling of her first name as she believes that her original name was a slave name. And this is an interesting concept because a lot of us in America, a lot of African-Americans, we have names that are predominantly named by our former slave masters mm. hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And so there is a movement and there are um, a lot of us who change our names to something that's a lot that has more African representation mm. in it. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So her surname was changed to something of God. Ghanaian symbolism. So, yeah, got a unique name there. But that's probably not much of a big clue because I feel like there's a lot of musicians that have unique names. Uh, We're going to keep it moving with fact number two. And this is also from Essence and Wikipedia. She graduated from Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts. And she went on to study theater in college. Her major at one time was quantum physics. Oh, my goodness. So she was. (laughs) Are you serious? Quantum physics. Quantum physics. So she was. It's safe to say she was pretty smart. Um, She went to Grambling State, which is a historically black university, but she left the university to focus more on music, which, again, is a common trend in the music world. Uh, During this time, she took several minimum wage jobs to support herself. So she was doing this and that. She taught drama dance to uh, children Mm -hmm. at the South Dallas Cultural Center. Yeah. And um, she worked and toured with her cousin. And she recorded a 19-song demo. And I guess the group that she kind of recorded with was called Country Cousins. So Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, never heard of that either. <laughs> You're not the only one. And eventually, she scored a duet with a big name in music that I can't really name at this time because mm-hmm. I think that it would give too much information. Yeah. So I think I will hold on to that. Uh, but that eventually got her a deal with Universal Records. Universal Records. Okay. Mm. Her debut album was released in 1997. And I remember that album. It was, again, it was just really different from what I was hearing in music at that time. It was mm. met with critical and commercial success. It debuted at uh, number two on the Billboard charts and number one on the U.S. Billboard top R&B slash hip hop albums. So, yeah, 97 was her year. Again, same sources, Essence and Wikipedia. She recorded her first live album uh, while she was pregnant with her son, who she named Seven. 
seven. Yeah, seven. <laughs> What's with these celebrities' children's names like Apple? <laughs> seven. <laughs> Blue Ivy, right? Right. Yeah, these names.、Uh, I think they just have some very personal reasons, messages, and meanings that I think outsiders like us will probably never know, or we can. Yeah, we can make some assumptions, but I don't think any of us will ever know. But seven is a like a symbolic number, and also the release of the album was coincided with、um, his birth,、uh, the birth of her baby seven. She had another album that was released, and this one was also a very big hit. Uh, her lead single on that album is a really popular song, and I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about giving even、mm. just talking about this single because it was so popular, and I think that this might give it away. But、okay. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and do it.、Um, this track was titled after a guy's name, okay?、A、guy's name, okay. and this song was mocking a guy that was a bit childish,、uh, selfish, cheap. And he was an、uh, like an inattentive boyfriend, so that was what the song is about. Again, there's a lot of songs about right <laughs> a guy like this, but I love that song because again the content was just really funny. I mean, the way that she really went into how bad this guy was, and it was something that just kind of stuck in my memory even at that time of my life. Um, this artist is notable for opening up for rap acts like Notorious B.I.G., A Tribe Called Quest, Mob Deep, and the Wu Tang Clan.、Mm. So she's got some skills. She can sing, but she also could rap.、Um, she's a former spokesperson for the International Center for Traditional Childbearing. Okay,、um, I didn't know that. In addition to being a doula. She said, "Quote: I'm an herbalist. I grow my own herbs. I'm a sound therapist, which I do on stage. I do iridology, Reiki, color therapy, chakra balancing, energy cleanings, and pendulum readings, which、wow. is what she told Essence in her、um, August 2015 cover story." So she's a slash lady, like she has so many titles. <laughs> yeah, slash, slash, slash. Hmm, which is incredible. Doula. Yeah, that, that one I didn't see coming. Okay, <laughs> what's your background with that? Nothing. I just think I've never heard anyone who is a very established musical artist、mm. who used to be a doula. Wow. So that well, I mean, her、mind. major was quantum physics. I mean, right? I guess when your major is that, you're capable of anything.、Yeah. So yeah, this artist she set up her own charity organization titled Beautiful Love Incorporated, a nonprofit development. So I guess if the acronym is Blind. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And the charity was established in 1997. I guess the the year that her her first、uh, her debut album dropped, and it aimed to provide community driven development for inner city youth through the use of music, dance, theater, and visual arts. So this artist seems like she's very community based, very socially aware, and just seems to be a major focus in her、uh, in her music. So that also could be a clue. Not sure, Mr. Liu. Looks like he's a little bit dazed and confused over here.、Mm, this one's really difficult. <laughs> nice. So she also contributed to the rebuilding and renovating of a prominent theater in her community called the Black Forest Theater, and this hall hosts a lot of free and fundraising concerts. And different musicians have performed there, such as Prince,、uh, Snoop Dogg, Music Soul Child, Talib Kweli, Dead Prez, Questlove. So a lot of different stars have gone here for this endeavor. 
And as an outreach for BLIND, this artist traveled to Africa in mm. 2003, and that's where she also worked with children affected by AIDS and poverty. So Noble cause. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fact number four, this is from Wikipedia. She became a vegan in 2006, and that's something that I find that a lot of artists do, but not too many stick with it because it's not easy. I'm actually somebody who's on the vegan path as well. I've been vegetarian for the past five years, and just going vegan, getting rid of that pizza is just impossible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's a decision that she's, uh, well, that's the path that she's on as well. This artist is never married, but she has three children from three notable rappers. Okay. Wow, okay. Yes, in 1995, she became involved with rapper Andre 3000 from mm. Outkast, okay, with whom she had her first child. Their relationship ended in 1999. In late 2000, this is a kind of a cool side note here. Outkast released the song Miss Jackson, which mm. was really popular. Yeah, I, I, know I grew that up song. singing that song. Which was inspired by her Andre 3000's then relationship with this artist and her mother. Oh, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, what? So yeah, she also has children from the DOC, which is a famous West Coast rapper, and J Electronica. So yeah, interesting. I didn't realize that this artist, um, I knew that she kind of was involved with, you know, Andre, but I didn't know that she was involved with these other rappers either. Um, this artist filmed the video for her song, and then this might be another really big clue, and it was a little bit controversial. Uh, she filmed the video for her song Window Seat, and this was in Dallas, Texas at Dealey Plaza. And I guess this was the site of the assassination of President JFK. Oh, okay. Okay, and I guess she wrote on her Twitter feed that the video was shot guerrilla style, no crew. It was one take, no closed set, no warning, and it was just two minutes, and then they just bolted out of there. Mm. And so, yeah, they didn't require the permits or the permission from the city to do that. So that was um, kind of a big deal. And, um, yeah, I think for people who are aware of that video... That pretty much seals the deal on who this person is. But it's okay. Mr. Leo's still looking up in no. the air. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with that video. So yeah, yeah. It's not helping much. It's okay. To be honest, before I did this research, I, I hadn't heard of it either. But it was very, very pervasive. Like a lot of people, you know, knew about it and it was big news. So I feel like people who are aware of this artist, they know which one I'm referencing. So... All right, we're going to move on to fact number five. This is my last fact, and I really think that this is going to do it for Mr. Liu. Okay. All right, so this is according to Wikipedia. This artist's voice has been compared to jazz singer Billie Holiday. Early in her career, she was recognizable for her eccentric style, often wearing very large and colorful hair wraps or head wraps. Okay. She was a core member of the Soulquarians, and it's like this name. You don't know the name of this group because when I first heard it, I wasn't sure who it was. But when I looked into it, Common mm -hmm. is in this group, Talib Kweli, mm. Most Def, Questlove, Q-Tip, D'Angelo, and Bilal are all a part of this group called the Soulquarians. So mm. very, very notable group. And I think that this might be just a really, really, really big clue for a lot of people. And... <laughs> 
I'm going to keep going here. This artist has been described as an experimental R&B singer, and her work explores contemporary forms of soul and hip-hop. Mama's Gun is a neo-soul album that incorporates funk, soul, and jazz styles. And this album has been viewed by critics as a female companion to neo-soul artist D'Angelo. So that brings me to the end, man. And I think that I pretty much gave you the goods on that last fact. If you don't know who this person is, then <laughs> you got issues. So if so I just, got it wrong, you're going to despise me, right? No, I'm not going to despise you. I'm just going to uh, put you up on an artist that maybe you didn't know of. But I, I somehow think that why don't you just walk me through what brought you to the person that you think it might be? Uh, I think it was the last one. <laughs> and let me see if I get it right. My answer would be Erica Badont. No, I mean Erica Badu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so proud of myself. Erica Badu is an American singer, songwriter, record producer, and actress. Influenced by R&B, 1970s soul, and 1980s hip-hop, Erica Badu became associated with the neo-soul subgenre in the 1990s and 2000s, along with artists such as D'Angelo and Maxwell. And for your information, she's been called the queen of neo-soul. And uh, I love so much of her music, and I only have time to really share two for this particular episode. So first up, I'm going to share Other Side of the Game from her first album, and that will be followed by In Love With You featuring... Stephen Marley. Check it out. Occupation 
Love with me, you in love with me. No, 
In Love With You by Erica Badu featuring Stephen Marley. That guitar on that song is just so melodic. And yeah, he's, Stephen's got like a really unique voice. I guess I'm a big fan of reggae. I just love his um, the wailing that is done in that style. And other side of the game, man, I mean, that's a, a personal favorite of mine. And the song is really about, from a woman's perspective, you know, a wife, uh, a mother who's just kind of waiting and the anxiety that she feels when her other half has to make money in a dishonest way to provide because of, you know, some of the systems set in place to make it really difficult for certain communities to thrive. And it's just the, yeah, that anxiety of just not knowing when the police are going to come yeah. and just she's going to be on her own and her kids are going to be without a father. She's going to be without a husband. So it's just that pressure. And the, I mean, the song is melodic and it's beautiful, but the words have a lot of meaning. And that's something that I think a lot of women in our particular communities have to deal with. Yeah, I completely understand what you're talking about. I mean, it's great if a song can make you dance or, you know, move your body and things like that, mm. if it's just for melodic reasons. But if it has a great narrative, has a great story that can make you think or make you feel empathetic toward a certain group of people, that's even better. So mm. that's what happened there. Yeah. And also, uh, In Love With You, that song, like you said, Stephen's voice is so chill. And <laughs> reggae, the genre is itself lends uh this quality to itself i guess so yeah, yeah i really enjoy that one too yeah yeah all right man so i guess i'm gonna turn the stage over to you who do you have for us today okay so this person like i said is one of my childhood idols because he was everywhere when i was growing up mm. and he is one of the most beloved mandel pop singers so he only sang in mandarin Oh, Not Cantonese. Really? That's a clue right there. Okay. <laughs> and he has been in the music business for decades. And at the peak of his career, he was known as one of the four heavenly kings in Taiwan. Really? So there you go. That's a huge <laughs> clue. No. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think because, I, as I mentioned, I've, I did some research on some stars. And um, there's a guy that I have in my mind. But I'm not sure, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's get to the actual clues, starting from the very first one. All right. So this one is from Zhihu and Baidu Baike. He was born on July 26, 1959 in Taiwan. So if you do the math, that means he is already 63 years old. Okay. Time sure flies. All right. His father was a cartoonist, and his mother dabbled in oil painting. So it was kind of always assumed that he would have talent in drawing, yeah, art. painting, and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. And he would go on to do those things professionally. Yeah. But apparently he had some other ideas, and he showed interest in music very early on. He joined singing groups and took part in singing competitions when he was still in elementary school. Mm. And needless to say, he often did well and won numerous awards. I think when you have parents who are in the arts, I think they're they're a little bit more flexible in terms of what they will allow you to do. Because 
I think being a cartoonist is a form of art. You know, you're expressing yourself in some way and you have a certain narrative that you want the world to see mm. from a comical perspective. And he said, you said his mother was an oil painter. Mm hmm. So it's just it's nice if you are if you have an artistic spirit and you you're surrounded with this you know environment where your parents are probably more they're going to encourage you to kind of come into your own and express yourself the way that you like so I think that's kind of cool yes express yourself <laughs> Madonna <laughs> salt, salt and there. pepper right <laughs> and this next uh, one is also from Baidu by Kup. He did have talent in drawing as well. So there you go. He took part in a cartoon competition when he was 13 years old. Oh, nice. And ended up being the second runner-up. And since he could draw, he could sing, and he was very good looking. <laughs> I have to <laughs> stress that. He was very good looking. <laughs> right. He was super popular in school. Mm. His nickname at the time was, get this, Adonis on campus. Adonis. Yeah. <laughs> like The uh, only reason I know that is because... Honestly, I had a colleague that was named Adonis, and we thought it was an interesting and funny name. And then when we looked it up, we were like, wow, okay, yeah, that's why this guy's got a thing, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Adonis on campus. It was also during those years that he and two friends started a band called Travelers. Mm. They even recorded an album with the same title, Travelers. Okay. But because it was not that famous or popular, so I guess not too many people heard of it. Mm. Well, yeah, how do you go from Madonna's to Travelers? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because he didn't want to be famous just based on his looks, hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe he had a wanderlust or something. Okay. That's why he called the band Travelers. Hmm. But that's just my guess. Yeah. So this next one is from Jihu. He joined the military service at the age of 20. And by the time he retired two years later, he already wrote more than 30 songs. And wow. despite his... So he must have been writing while he was in the service. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that, that's one of his ways to kill time mm. or maybe to just find some kind of fulfillment while yeah. he was in the military. I mean, if it was mil American military, it would sound like he would be more in like the reserves because reserves are not active duty. So they have a little bit more time to like do other things so okay yeah that would be my guess too so more than 30 songs and despite his undeniable talent it was not easy to pursue a musical career at that time hmm. so after he retired he initially worked for a cartoon company hmm. and then later found work as a production assistant for the record company polygram Oh, Polygram, that's a big name. That is a big name. Yeah. But because he couldn't directly do music-related stuff, he started as a production assistant, hmm. doing all kinds of chores. And while working that job, his writing abilities got noticed. He published two hit songs in 1982 and was on his way to becoming a professional singer-songwriter. Wow, you said 1982. That's the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Okay. But he is 63 years old already, so yeah. that was not surprising at all. Mm. So this next clue is from Baidu Baiku. He released his debut album in 1985 called Missing You. Mm. It was not a huge success, but it was relatively well-known, and it got decent reviews, and he started to develop a fan base. His popularity kept growing in the next few years with his second, third, and fourth albums. However, it was his fifth album that catapulted him into superstardom. Okay. So 
By the time he released his fifth album, he was no longer just popular in Taiwan. He was popular in basically all the Chinese-speaking countries and regions in the world.、Okay. Obviously, I'm not gonna name this album <laughs> because <laughs> it's his signature piece, and everybody knows it. It's just too famous.、Mm-hmm. I bet those born in the 1980s or earlier must have a vivid memory of the album cover. He was wearing glasses and a white vest, and he was also casually holding a suit in his right hand. And the only appropriate word to describe that look would be suave. Okay. <laughs> All right, all right. So let's just say it was an iconic image. So, like I said, if you were born in the 1980s or earlier, and if you happened to be in a Chinese-speaking、um, country or region, there was no way you could escape that image. <laughs> Guess that's the Adonis coming out on that、yeah. uh, album cover, huh? Totes, totes. Okay. And of course, the album itself was also iconic. I vividly remember that almost everyone I know could sing, you know, the singles from that album because、mm. it was just. That successful. If I mention any one of those singles, it would be a dead giveaway. So, <laughs> not just yet. All right. But I figured I must give you at least one song so that you could use that as a clue <laughs> to search on the internet. All right, all right. So here's the juicy bit.、Um, I actually used to be a part-time bar singer during my college years. Did you really? Yeah. So <laughs> I never mentioned that before. No, you did. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yes, I, I did used to be a bar singer, albeit a part-time bar singer. I often got requests from customers to sing songs they wanted to hear, and among the most frequent and popular choices was a song from this album,、hmm. and it goes like. <laughs> and I, I would not go out anymore because that song was too famous. I was waiting for more. I was like, oh. Okay, if you still want more, I would say that you know the the chorus had an English verse,、mm. and it's called "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow."、Mm. <laughs> okay, Mr. Liu's got some vocals. You guys hear that, right? <laughs> yes, I know. I'm a pretty good karaoke singer. <laughs> yeah. So to this day, I still know the song "Inside Out," and、oh. that was one of his. Like signature songs, and everybody in that era、mm. knew it very well. Okay, all right, jeez. <laughs> But apparently, you still have no clue, right? Nah, nah. I no okay.、Idea. Let's go on to the next clue.、All、This、right. one is also from Jihoo.、Mm. His music career kept getting better and better. By the time he released his sixth album. He was named one of the four heavenly kings in Taiwan,、mm. and this is a huge clue. Like I said, because we already covered the other three heavenly kings in Taiwan on this program,、mm. and if you need a reminder, they are Dave Wong,、mm-hmm. Chi Ching, and Yi Mo Chao, Zhou Huajian. So whoever that last heavenly king is, there's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm just basically giving you the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely gonna need the assistance of the internet. But there's still a guy that I have on the top of my head. I, I don't know if he is. Yeah, 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 yeah.、So、the Heavenly King. Oh, that's all right. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. So looks like you still need more tips. And here are some random tidbits, very interesting tidbits. All right. And they are from Baidu Baikup. 
So this singer appeared on China Central Television's annual Spring Festival Gala way back in 1996. In those years, if you could appear on that show, it basically meant you were a huge deal on the Chinese mainland.、Mm. That's like a、yeah. stamp of approval, right? Right, right. So he got that opportunity. He was known for singing songs that showed pride in his Chinese roots and heritage, and one of his biggest hits was called "Keeping the Roots." <laughs> so, keeping the roots, yeah,、huh? keeping the roots. That's pretty self-explanatory. Another, <laughs> another huge clue. This was a song about the bond and connection between people on the Chinese mainland and people in Taiwan.、Hmm. So it was literally inescapable. In the early 1990s,、like、okay, when you walk on the street and everywhere you go, that song is playing. Okay, it's just that popular. And he wrote that song, right? Yeah, he wrote that song. Okay,、uh, he wrote the lyrics with another lyricist,、mm. but he also wrote the music himself. Okay, so like the majority of the song was written by him. I think I might have just found my、uh, song to look up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the next tidbit: he moved to Canada in 1996. And has since largely stepped out of the limelight. He only released one more album in 2001, so that's more than 20 years ago.、Mm. His last album. Oh wow! And that was it. Apparently, he thinks the times are different now, and he has no intention of making new albums again. Oh wow! Which is a bummer for me. You know, I feel that that takes a lot of courage to fess up to that because I think that a lot of artists will just continue to make music. Obviously, you know, we we as artists we want to continue to express ourselves, and we want you know we have a fan base, but there is some that are a bit perfectionist,、mm. and they want if they're going to do an album, they want it to be a success. On a lot of different, you know, platforms and different realms, and if you're not able to kind of tweak your style to、mm. the times, and I, I have to say, like, music today is not the same as it was in the '90s, in my opinion. Exactly, and that's what he said, right? And so, if you have to tailor your music to fit the current generation, you may not even like it yourself, and they may not even like it, and then your fans will be disappointed. So it's almost like a lose-lose、mm-hmm. scenario. So, why not just allow your classic hits to just continue to permeate? Or I guess when you're gone, your legacy, your music will still be untarnished. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean. Yeah, I second every single thing you just said. Also, I would like to say that there's certain element of maybe that、um, in Chinese we would say "jian hao jiu shou," or in English, the closest thing would be "quit while you're ahead." <laughs> that kind of mentality to it,、yeah. and I think it's a very smart choice、mm. because this goes back to what you said earlier. You don't want to tarnish your legacy, so quit while you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I do、uh, admire his choice, even though, like I said, it's a bummer for me. Yeah. And the next、uh, interesting tidbit: He briefly worked as a radio host、oh. in the late 1990s. He had a radio show on one of Vancouver's local Mandarin stations. I can't name the show because this show was called So and So Says. So of course, So and So being his own name.、Uh, okay.、Right? <laughs> But I still think it's kind of cool to think that. 
Um, maybe we can loosely say that he is our colleague, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of、uh, musicians, even people who are in、um, movie, like、uh, the movie industry. Some of them have started in in radio and have、um, you know have a broadcasting background. So yeah, I guess it's kind of cool to say that to feel like we have a connection with these guys, right? And also, I'm kind of surprised that you have not. Ask me about his personal life just yet. I'm just waiting for it. Because you're I, always I, I so you're curious. Gonna, I know you're going to give it to me, so I'm just waiting for it.、Uh, okay. <laughs> so、uh, the final interesting tidbit: he has married twice.、Mm. His first wife was his agent and helped him tremendously with his music career. Okay. But in the end, I guess it was still not a good idea to mix business with pleasure. So they got divorced after being married for 18 years. Oh wow! Eighteen years. They had a son and a daughter together.、Mm. Well, they still do, but you know,、yeah. a son and a daughter. In Chinese, we would say "hao," because one son, one daughter. That makes up the character "hao good."、Mm. So, in that sense, I, I, I guess he had a very good life and、yeah. a very good marriage. Yeah, yeah. And his second wife was also his agent <laughs> slash personal assistant. So you see a pattern there. Yeah. They married in 2010, and so far the relationship seems to be very stable. And I guess maybe it has something to do with the fact that he is no longer in the limelight, and he is spending his time quietly in Canada as、mm. well. That certainly plays a part. Okay. Hmm.、Well, so、yeah. there you go. That's it, huh? <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel like I could pull out my phone and I could search who this person is. Yeah.、Uh, I but I kind of want to gamble. Feel like a gambling man right now. Okay. And I respect that. As I mentioned, I looked up quite a few stars because I was hoping to, you know, turn the tables on my co-hosts and do a Chinese star. And eight names came up. Some of the top. Names that I started my research on. There was a guy who's not old, but he's been around a while, and I think he's from Taiwan. But I, I can't quite remember because again, I did the research on quite a few guys. So,、mm. so I'm just gonna go ahead and go with the name that's. At the top of my list here, and again, he kind of fits the profile of what you were talking about, but I could be wrong. There's a guy that I looked up, and his name was Leo Ku or Gu Juji.、Mm. So again, I, I didn't look up anything, you know, on the show, but I did some research, and this guy seems like he could fit this profile. Could be right, could be wrong. I don't know, but this is a trivia, right? So let's <laughs> let's just.、Um, I'm a gambling man, so what do you got?、Uh, okay, that's a very brave guess. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 not the correct answer. The correct answer would be Angus Tang Tongwangu.、Mm. So. Angus Tang is one of the most beloved Mandel pop singers who has been in the music business for decades. And like I said, he was known as one of the four heavenly kings in Taiwan. And we're going to hear two of his signature songs today. Actually, you don't know my heart, and you don't have to care too much. Wow, that sounds. But Liu Ku is really cool. All right. Well, before we hear those tracks, Mr. Liu, I want to thank you again for joining me on the show. It's always a really, really good time. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy that too. And for those of you joining us on the show, be sure to tune in for another unpredictable episode. I'm TJ Reed. I'm Liu Yan. Take it easy, folks. We will see you next time. 